doors, bolt your windows, and turn off the lights. Welcome to Michael Myers Minute, where we delve into the 1978 horror classic Halloween one minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Loomis reaches the station wagon as Minute 71 begins, parked in front of 1356 North Genesee in Hollywood, California. He's got to look at that state seal a couple times to be sure. Then, like that evil radar he's got doesn't work in the film version, he seems to almost randomly head north. In second 12, we cut to interior, Doyle House, living room. Lori still stands by the bedroom door. In the script, the cutaway to Loomis finding the car comes just after she enters the Wallace house instead of before she even heads across the street. With both sequences, this edit works better for timing, I think. Loomis now has longer to wander the neighborhood and we get a mostly quiet, but for music, sequence of Lori taking some initiative. Lori comes back downstairs, she takes a key out of her purse, and again steps to the window. I've always assumed she was just grabbing the keys to the Doyle house for her return, but according to the novelization, she has a ring with four or five keys belonging to the people she regularly sat for, and she selected the one to the Wallace house. If you pay close attention, you can see she does take the keys from her own bag. Lori's POV, Wallace House, dark and silent. Angle on Lori, she steps to the front door. And now is as good a time as any to talk about the interior geography of the Doyle House. Note the door as Lori opens it, it swings in to the left. There's a large bit of wall to the right before the window that both she and Tommy have used to look outside. This interior is, of course, 1533 Orange Grove. Second 49, we're outside what should be that same door, but it swings the opposite direction, and the windows are not so far from the door. The exterior is, of course, 1530 Orange Grove. Exterior, street, night. Lori locks the Doyle house and walks out into the street. The wind whips her clothes and hair. Lori's POV, Wallace House, moving shot. In the novelization, this wonderful minute of suspense to come would be almost skipped entirely. Quote, she opened the front door of the Doyle house, stepped outside, and looking ruefully across the street, closed it behind her. She crossed the street and stood before the Wallace house, studying its hulking vastness for a sign of life. End quote. And we would probably get to the Wallace house by the end of this minute. Instead, second 49, Lori emerges onto the Doyle porch. Second 52, reverse shot POV of the Wallace house and the music kicks in. Nothing too frantic. Second 55, Lori feels the weight of the keys in her hand and second 57, slips them into her pocket and starts walking. She looks down to step off the porch, and the minute ends. In her seminal work, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Carol Clover outlines a few notable things. The final girl is something most any slasher fan would know. She alone looks death in the face, Clover writes. But she alone also finds the strength to stay the killer long enough to be rescued, ending A, or to kill him herself, ending B. She goes on to detail what makes a final girl a final girl. Quote, the final girl of the slasher film was presented from the outset as the main character. The practiced viewer distinguishes her from her friends minutes into the film. End quote. It's interesting in retrospect, structurally. Based on Act 2 of Halloween, it might not be obvious that Laurie is the intended victim. Michael actually spends more screen time stalking Annie. But Laurie is indeed the obvious main character from the beginning. Sort of. Because the film effectively has two prologues, 1963 and then Smith's Grove, Lori isn't introduced until minute 13. Linda and Annie are introduced at either end of minute 22, then Linda is gone in minute 24, Annie in minute 25. 
Aside from her disembodied voice over the phone, Annie is gone until minute 30 and dies at the tail end of minute 54. Linda is reintroduced in minute 59 and dies at the tail end of minute 68. For those trying to keep track, that's a total of about 13 minutes for Linda, 18 for Annie, 76 for Lori. Clover explains, quote, The final girl is the Girl Scout, the bookworm, the mechanic. Unlike her girlfriends, and Mary and Crane, she is not sexually active. Lori is teased because of her fears about dating. The final girl is also watchful to the point of paranoia, small signs of danger that her friends ignore. She registers. Above all, she is intelligent and resourceful in a pinch. Thus, Lori, even at her most desperate, cornered in a closet, minute 84, has the wit to grab a hanger from the rack and bend it into a weapon, end quote. In this minute, she not only has her keys when she needs them, though she will not in minute 79, she uses them to lock the door behind her to protect her young charges. Clover continues, quote, The final girl is boyish, in a word. Just as the killer is not fully masculine, she is not fully feminine, not in any case feminine in the ways of her friends. Her smartness, gravity, competence in mechanical and other practical matters, and sexual reluctance set her apart from the other girls and ally her ironically with the very boys she fears or rejects, not to speak of the killer himself. Lest we miss the point, it is spelled out in her name. Stevie, Marty, Terry, Lori, Stretch, Will, Joey, Max, end quote. She also adds Ripley from Alien, and I would add Sydney from Scream, a series that came well after the publication of Men, Women, and Chainsaws. One final note for now from Clover on the final girl. Quote, we register her horror as she stumbles on the corpses of her friends. Her momentary paralysis in the face of death duplicates those moments of the universal nightmare experience in which she is the undisputed I, on which horror frankly trades. When she downs the killer, we are triumphant. She is by any measure the slasher film's hero. This is not to say that our attachment to her is exclusive and unremitting, only that it adds up, and that in the closing sequence, which can be quite prolonged, it is very close to absolute. We will return to Clover later in the film. That is all for Minute 71. Michael Myers Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. You can stalk me on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute or Instagram Michael Myers Minute. Or join our Facebook listeners group, 45 Lampkin Lane. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a nice review if you like what you hear. And if you really like what you hear, you can help me out by donating through Patreon at patreon.com slash Myers Minute and join the Thorn Cult. Until next time. See you later. Bye.